0: it's it's all over the world it's been translated in multiple languages at least a dozen plus languages it's it's in russian it's all across africa it's in south america central america it's in spanish and portuguese it's in chinese it's all over asia this new life book from victory church it's just a small 50 page book. I got an email this week from a guy who says, we have ran out of this new life books. We've passed them out to all the inmates in every prison in Oklahoma. We need more this new life books. They're just these small books talking about this new life in Jesus. People are getting saved because of the small printed material that's flowing from this church. Can I tell you, Victory, you are already spreading revival and salvation just through what you're doing, being part of what God's doing. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told, and they began to teach the people. When the high priest and the associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin. They said, go get those guys out of prison. When they went to the prison, it says in verse 23, we found the jail securely locked with guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, they were wondering, they were were at a loss for words, what is going on? And someone came in and said, look, the men you told to stop preaching are standing in the temple courts. The men you locked up in jail, they are now preaching and we can't stop it. This church is unstoppable. They're unbreakable. We can't tame them. We can't sophisticate them. We can't put them in a box. This church." is unstoppable. At that, they did not use force because they feared what the people would do if they touched the apostles. The power was so strong on the church, they could not stop them. Man, I love this. I want the band to come out. Verse 28, it says, we gave you strict orders not to teach in the name of Jesus. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined. Somebody say "determined." determined. Determined. You are determined. You're determined. Now, the the Pharisees thought, you're determined to make us feel guilty. The apostles knew, no, we're determined to lead people to Christ. We're determined to lead people to repentance, to find forgiveness of sins, to find salvation, to find this new life. Peter and the other apostles replied to the Pharisees. They said, we must obey God rather than human beings. Oswald Chambers says, when you fear God, you fear nothing else. When you trust in God, when you reverence God, you're not afraid of what man can do to you. Man might be able to take your life, but they cannot take your soul. Peter would be hung on a cross upside down. John would be thrown in boiling oil. He would be exiled to an island called Patmos. Paul, most people believe that Paul was killed uh, during the time of Nero in the Roman Colosseum. Um, All these Stephen was martyred. He was stoned to death. None of these men feared their lives. They lived with a boldness, a courage. And church, we're not even being persecuted that badly in America. We have a reason to keep on preaching the gospel, to keep on worshiping, keep on gathering. We don't know how much longer we have before Jesus returns. Let us not neglect gathering together, preaching the name of Jesus demonstrating the gospel. There are nations where they have literally shut down the ability to gather. And yet we have a freedom here in America still to gather, to worship and pray. Men and women paid their lives for us to do this. Let's not resolve to just be a convenient Christian church who stays home, who says, I'm too tired to get up. I don't want to sacrifice to drive to church. It's just too much. I got to pay $4 for gas. There are men and women who paid their lives in blood so we could gather to worship Jesus. Us to pray, to stand together, to contend for revival. So these disciples, they said, we, we're not going to do what you ask. We're not going to do it. Praise God for godly governors and mayors and leaders. We need to pray for that in our nation. There were people in this time who wanted to stop the church. And they said, we are witnesses to what God has done And he's given us this message verse 33 when they heard this they were furious they wanted to put these disciples to death but a pharisee named gamaliel gamaliel was the guy who taught saul who would later become paul i can't wait to get into that part of acts it's so good it's in it's it's going to be in chapter 8 9 and 10. it's going to be powerful you don't want to miss this series but gamaliel he stands up to the sanhedrin and he says listen men of israel Consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Thutius appeared claiming to be somebody and about 400 men rallied around him, but he was killed and all of his followers were dispersed and it came to nothing. After him was Judas the Galilean appearing in the days of the census and he led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed and all of his followers scattered. Now, Gamaliel is about to prophesy about the church and he doesn't even know it. Therefore, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop victory, church. If it is from God, you won't be able to keep them from gathering. You won't be able to stop what they do in the city. You won't be able to stop how they impact North Tulsa, South Tulsa, East Tulsa, West. You won't be able to stop them from meeting in the parking lot or the rooftop. The enemy might come for them, but he doesn't stand a chance against the God who's inside that house. If it is from God, they are unstoppable. You will find yourselves fighting against God himself. His speech persuaded them. They flogged the disciples. They whipped them. They ordered them. Don't you speak in the name of Jesus, but the Apostles left, and they praised God for the adversity that they had gone through, the suffering they had gone through, and day after day, they would meet in the temple courts, and from house to house on first Wednesdays, they would worship God, they would light their candles saying, Christ is light, they would proclaim the good news that Jesus is the Messiah, now, before we pray, can I take five more minutes and then we're just going to pray and worship seven things we can learn from the early church, seven things that they teach us in this moment, number one, purity they had a purity about them. What made them spiritually strong and healthy was the purity. They were committed not to be perfect, but to let the Holy Spirit purify their hearts, starting with that very beginning of Acts 5, saying, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it all in. If we're gonna give, we're gonna give with honesty. Number two, they had power. These leaders modeled an attractive supernatural power that met humans' needs. They were, they were walking in power. Number three, they endured persecution. The church will endure persecution. Opposition only strengthens something that God has anointed. God God said, you will face troubles of many kind, but take heart, I've overcome the world. When you go through persecution personally or you go through persecution corporately, just know this, opposition is purifying you, it's strengthening you, it's testing your faith, it's making you more genuine. Number four, they had a proclamation. They would would proclaim the word of God, the good news. While the world was shouting bad news, they were shouting victory through Jesus Christ. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? victory, but thanks be to God who causes us to, they had a proclamation, y'all when we stand up and we proclaim the victory confession we are literally proclaiming good news, our best days I've read the book of Revelation, I know how it ends, the devil is defeated and the church wins don't care what's going on in America in 2022. Jesus has the final say. God says his church is going to shine brighter and the enemy is defeated. Shout unto God with the voice of victory. Number five, they had priorities. The leaders would clearly lay out their top priority, which was to spend time with Jesus, to pray, to hear from God, and then to begin to make their decisions based off of that top priority. Don't let society, don't let your company decide your priorities. Make a personal decision. I'm putting Jesus at the top of the list. We're going to get to church every week. I'm going to make an effort to get my kids in children's church. I'm going to train them up in the word of God. I've got priorities. I know right now it's crazy. It's busy. There's all kinds of different sports schedules and different things going on and work asks you to do this. Put Jesus at the top of your priority list and watch what happens in your family. Number six, praise. They had a powerful praise. They had a praise in the midst of adversity. They kept on giving thanks to God. They praised God for every season they walked through. And number seven, they had perseverance. The leaders would continue to influence Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Rome. They had a a life of conviction. They would persevere no matter what they walked through. Would you stand your feet all over this place? Lord, I pray, God, for a persevering church. I pray for pastors and leaders to rise up, God, specifically in Uvalde, Texas, to surround these families who have lost children. Let's just take a minute to pray for moms and dads and family members of these kids, these 21 people who were killed this last week in a school shooting. If you don't know what to pray, just pray in the spirit. If you don't know how to pray in the spirit, just say a few words to God. Say, God, I pray for peace. Listen, a prayer is never a bad idea. Prayer is powerful. Don't underestimate the power of prayer, corporate prayer, personal prayer. Don't underestimate when they, when the disciples would pray, things would change in their hearts. Prayer is our first response. It's not our last resort. Prayer is how we respond to what's going on in our nation. So Lord, we pray right now, God, for moms and dads who just lost a 10-year-old boy, who just lost a 10-year-old girl. We pray, God, for husbands and wives. We pray, God, for family members of these kids, of these teachers. We pray for your comfort, your peace, God. We have no clue what they're going through right now. Some of them are are, are going through terrible thoughts in their minds feelings of hurt and anger and guilt and grief and shame and God we just pray in Jesus some some parents are just afraid to even go back to school afraid there's 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 fear that's been caused by the enemy because of this and we bind it in Jesus name and we bind the demonic power of the enemy trying to inflict and, and, and to influence men's minds women's minds kids minds teenagers minds we pray God for revival in America we pray for revival in public schools in Christian schools in schools schools, in homeschool co-ops. We pray in Jesus' name, God, that what the enemy intended for harm, God, where there's been so much hurt and grief and murder, God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would, God, that you would stir up a hunger in your church to contend for generations. To contend, God, to minister to those who are tormented in their minds. In Jesus' name, we bind the devil from trying to stir up another shooting. And God, we pray for wisdom for our leaders. Wisdom, God, for our our governmental leaders. Wisdom, God, for those in Texas, those in Uvalde. God, we pray in Jesus' name, Lord, you know all things. You know every part of this story. God, where society is getting stirred up in division and strife and there's all kinds of political arguments. Lord, let the church arise with the voice of hope, with the voice of peace, with the voice of grace, with the voice of love, with the voice of compassion, with the voice of truth. In Jesus' name, let us not be swayed. by divisive arguments but God let us get involved with prayers God with petitions Lord let us get involved God with our hands and our feet and I pray in Jesus name for mentors to get involved in the youth groups across America I pray God for spiritual moms and dads to help mentor young boys and girls who are struggling with all kinds of mental disorders and I pray in Jesus name God for families who've lost children God I pray Lord that you would comfort them I pray that you'd be with them in the middle of the night. God, I pray that you would be with them on the holidays, that you would be with them on the days where they just are are missing their kids. And God, where there's hatred and there's anger and there's a sense of wanting to get revenge, I pray in Jesus' name, God, that you would lead us to a place of godly repentance. And Lord, receiving forgiveness and grace, I pray for every man and woman in this room today, every person, God, who just needs renewal in their minds, just needs purification in their hearts. God, draw us to you when we don't know what to do. Let us draw to you. Let us look to you. Let us find healing in you. The Holy Spirit is saying he can heal that too. He can heal that too. He doesn't just heal tumors. He doesn't just heal headaches. He heals hearts. He heals marriages. He heals prodigal sons. He heals depression. He heals anxiety. He heals those habitual sins that you keep going back to. He can set the captives free. He came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to set the captives free from dark thinking, whatever it is that's plagued your thoughts, your heart, your emotions your feelings. Maybe you're here today and you just need the Holy Spirit to bring healing to your mind. Maybe you're just quickened right now to pray for family members, for friends. All over this room, if you know you need to get down to this altar today for something specifically in your life that you need the Holy Spirit to do or it's for someone else, I want you to leave your seat. Come and find a place at this altar. If you need to surrender something to God, you need to lay something at His feet, if you're saying, Lord, I surrender this to you. Lord, I'm choosing to worship instead of worry. I'm choosing to pray instead of panic. I'm choosing to be a solutionist instead of complain about it. I'm choosing to let you help me to know how to get involved instead of just talking about it and watching the news. Lord, I'm choosing to let you renew my mind. I'm choosing to let you renew my heart. I'm choosing to ask you to heal my marriage, heal my family, heal my mind, heal my life. Right now, whatever you need, just bring it to the altar. Ask God for his help. Ask the Holy Spirit to get involved. If you need healing today, come down to the altar. If you need mental or emotional healing today, come down to the altar. If you need God to get involved in your family, if you're praying for a son, if you're praying for a dad, if you're praying for a husband, if you're praying for a wife, if you're praying for a mom, if you're here today and you are desperate for God to move in your life, just leave your seat. Come down to this altar and say, Holy Spirit I need you. And let's just take a few minutes, we're just going to worship and pray before we dismiss today. Go ahead, lead us in that song, Rose. Let's just begin to worship and pray. If you need to get right with God today, come and find a place at this altar. If you need to get things right with the Holy Spirit today, come and find a place at this altar. Wherever you're watching from, just begin to call on God. praying right now for our nation, let's keep praying for those in Texas, let's pray for moms, let's pray for the teachers, let's pray for dads,
1: you are the same let's pray for, let's pray for youth pastors, you are providing, you are the same
0: of peace in the middle of storms, adversity. He wants to remind you that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. That's you. You are that church. We are that church. God wants to remind you that you have purpose, even in your pain. God wants to remind the church in Uvalde, Texas, you have purpose, even in the midst of your pain, even in the midst of your adversity. There's kids that need you that are still here. There's families that need you that are still hoping and praying that the enemy is not going to destroy their family. So church, let us rise up in this hour. Let us remember every person that the Holy Spirit leads us to talk to, to pray to, to encourage could be, could be the one person that changes a neighborhood, could be the one person that stops something bad from happening in a school, in a family in a hospital in a church don't underestimate the power of just being led by the spirit this week to pray for people to lead people to Christ to encourage someone you could be the one person that shows them Jesus that thwarts the plans of the enemy the enemy has a strategy but Jesus has a greater strategy God's gonna use his church in this hour to bring life See, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, so the church comes to bring life, to bring restoration, to bring resurrection, to bring reconciliation. The church comes to bring the life that the enemy came to destroy. The church comes to restore what the enemy stole. The church comes to resurrect what the enemy tried to kill. So, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name you would use us this week. Fill us, renew our minds, remind us of our purpose. Lord, we just break off apathy and discouragement and depression, disappointment, fear, anxiety. God, let us be filled with faith this week. Faith, God, trust in you. Lord, let us look to you in Jesus' name. Just pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I repent of my sins and I receive your forgiveness. You are my Lord and savior. Thank you, Jesus, that you are involved in every area of my life. Holy Spirit, have your way. Work in me, work through me for your glory. I'm all yours, God. Satan, you have no authority, no power over me. I'm a child of God, and I'm bringing His power to restore what you've tried to steal. I'm bringing life, I'm bringing hope, I'm bringing joy, because greater is He who lives in me than he that is in this world. This is the day that the Lord has made, so I will rejoice. I will be glad in it because God is not finished with my life, with my nation, with my family, with my testimony. So I overcome by the blood of the lamb, by the word of my testimony. He who started this work will be faithful to complete it. In Jesus name. Amen.